Hey everyone, welcome to Entrepreneurship by Design with Dr. C. I'm your host, Dr. Caroline, and thank you so much for joining us today. Entrepreneurship looks different for everyone. How and why we start our business, challenges that occur, pivots we have to make, success we achieve, all while life is happening. That's why I love sharing these inspiring entrepreneurs with you and shed light that there is enough room for everyone to succeed and thrive, even if you're in the same industry. I'm so excited today because I have Sabrina with me. Sabrina is a holistic health coach, total foodie, and psychology nerd who helps women heal their relationship with food and put a stop to yo-yo dieting by addressing the connection between their mind, body, and habits. She believes that food is meant to be enjoyed without guilt or fear and teaches women how to rediscover the pleasures of eating while maintaining a healthy and balanced life. Thank you so much for joining us today, Sabrina. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. You know, when I originally read your bio, I was like, oh my God, we're so connected because it's the mind-body connection. Like I love everything about the mind-body connection, but I would love for you to dive into your entrepreneurial journey, how you got here today. I know it's probably a long story, but in a nutshell, if you can, and we'll dive in further. Yeah. So I actually never meant to become an entrepreneur. I never thought of myself as an entrepreneur. I'm sure that most people kind of just fall into it. Mm -hmm. Um, I, the reason why I help women with their relationship with food is because I struggled with mine, um, for, for many, many years. It started at the age of 16 and I started doing all of the quick fixes and the fad diets and the restrictions and what started off as like this innocent desire to just be quote unquote healthy, um, which was really just a disguise. I just wanted to lose weight. I wanted to look a certain way. Um, it quickly spiraled as it normally does when it comes to dieting and, and food restriction into a lot of body shame and food guilt and self-hatred and low self-esteem. And so every time you, you go through that same cycle of, I'm going to start again on Monday and I'm going to be good this week. And you go into like these extremes and you cut everything out and then I would fall off the wagon and then I would beat myself up and feel terrible about myself. And I didn't understand what I was doing wrong. I didn't understand. I, I thought that there was something broken within me. Like everyone else seemed to just food was food. And for me, food was okay, this many calories and this many carbs. And I was thinking about it 24 seven um, until, I mean, long story short, I, I had this, this moment where it all kind of came crashing down. And I realized this is no way to live. This is not healthy. Everything that I thought I was doing in the name of health, I'm sacrificing my mental health, my physical health, my social life, my well-being. Um, and so eventually after years of figuring this out on my own trial and error, lots of tears, lots of research, um, I got to a point where I was on the other side and I was healed. And I realized there is no reason that anyone should have to go through what I was going through. There's no reason that, I mean, diet culture is so loud. It is so yeah. loud and it is overtaking everything. It's a, you know, 70 billion plus dollar industry. And my goal was to help people see the flaws in their thinking and their being and help them see that there's another way. And there's actually a much better way to improve your health and to feel better without 
sacrificing your entire life and without constantly being either on one extreme, which is restricting and feeling miserable, or on the other extreme, which is completely going off the wagon and still being miserable. So I wanted to help people. And when I started my business, I, I literally, it was not about the money. It was really, if I can make enough money to pay my bills, but I can help people, that's what matters. And what I didn't realize is how much I would have to learn about <laughs> entrepreneurship and building a business. And so here I am years later, um, kind of having fall into this without the intention of it. <laughs> no, it, it's so true. It's so funny how like people do fall into it. You're not like set out. Like some people have that spirit when they're like very little. Like I didn't have that spirit when I was little either. So mm -hmm. like I get that, but I love that you were really just focused on helping people. And that's what really I think helps grow businesses too, where it's it's not about the money. Like, of course, you need to make money, a living, pay your bills, all that wonderful stuff, but the passion you have for helping people, especially because you went through that experience of the ups and downs. And when you started to build your business, what did you start to really like learn? What were some of like the learning lessons or roadblocks you experienced in the beginning? Um, I didn't realize how much psychology I would have to learn, quite honestly, um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> especially because now um, I, it's it's the ultimate personal growth, growing a business, because you have to face so much rejection, so many challenges. And especially I didn't have any business partners. I didn't have a team. So I was trying to figure this out all on my own and all of the setbacks, you have to implement a growth mindset. You, you have to, because you have to create that kind of resilience or else that's why so many people give up on businesses. Mm -hmm. And for me, like you said, the thing that always helped me get back up when I had those, those challenges or, or those rejections was that deep desire to help people. And for me, I went into this, I didn't have a plan B. I mean, I have a degree, a university degree in financial math and economics. Um, <laughs> and everyone always said, you know, at least if this doesn't work out, you can fall back on that degree. And I always said, there's absolutely no way I'm falling back on that degree. There's no way that I'm sitting on a desk crunching numbers when I know what I actually want to do and the impact that I can have on people's lives. And so what was really strong and a big driver for me was that there was no plan B. There was no giving up. There was no, um, this isn't going to work. It was, I don't care how much time it takes. I don't care um, how long my hours are, how much work I have to do. I'm going to make this work eventually. Yes. I love that you said that too, because a lot of times there is a plan B of like, okay, well, if it doesn't work out, you can fall back on your degree. And like, same, same. Everyone's like, oh, well, you have your doctorate. You'll be fine. And I'm like, mm -hmm. no, I, I don't plan on going back to that. And if you do plan, it just kind of sometimes can negate the drive of like making something happen because your back's against the wall, essentially to make something happen with business. But I'm curious, after you did get your degree and then you started, what was that time lapse of when you finished your degree working and going into starting your own business? Yeah. So I was actually, I, I didn't, I, I didn't hate my first two years of my degree. I mean, they were really difficult. Yeah. It was a really hard program, but it was all right. But then going into my third year, it started getting really, really tough and, and 
I, I just didn't like it. It caused a lot of stress and it, the, the switch, the, the switch really happened for me when I started working. So I'm Canadian. I started working at Statistics Canada, which is a Canadian organization for the government. And here I was spending, you know, eight hours a day on Excel, punching numbers. Um, and I just, for me, how you spend a third of your life, you have to love it, right? You have to have a purpose. You have to go into work with such a passion um, that you're creating something bigger, that you're part of something, that you're having an impact. At least for me, that's how I felt. And I did not feel that way. Um, Working at a desk, punching numbers for the government, um, creating, getting really, really good at Excel. Um, And (laughs) So I realized this is not, and I'm really thankful that I realized at such a young age, um, this is not what I want to do for the rest of my life. And so at that point, I was more than halfway through my degree. So I decided I'm going to finish my degree um, because I've already started. I'm almost done. I I might as well, you know, graduate with a degree and then I'm going to see what I actually want to do. And it was a very serendipitous um, moment where I was working at a restaurant at that time. It was my very first shift at the restaurant all alone. And my very last customer of that night turned out to be a health coach. And I had never, ever heard about what a health coach was. I, I always was very interested in psychology in health and nutrition, Um, but I never wanted to just do the dietitian route where you're just focusing on food or just the personal trainer where you're just focusing on exercise because I knew that health wasn't just a one facet, one aspect as you probably know, it's holistic. It, It takes into account your mindset and your stress and your sleep and your relationships. And I wanted something that encompassed all of that so that I can really transform someone's life, not just for a month, three months, but for the rest of their life. So I was like, health coaching, this is awesome. Like, this is exactly what I meant for. Mm -hmm. Um, So this was in my last year of my degree. And then I just decided when I'm done, I'm going to, well, I took a little bit of time off because I wasn't ready yet. So I took, I did some traveling. Um, I did some traveling. Once I graduated, I went to go live in France and then the pandemic hit. So I came back and then I was like, now's the time I'm going to, I'm going to start this. And I started from zero and just figured it out along the way. Uh, I love that. And when you were figuring it out along the way, what were some things that really stood out to you that you're like, okay, I'm on the right track of like continuing to build your business? Yeah. So when I first started, I right away got a business coach and, um, she kind of drove me in the direction of weight loss. You need to advertise and sell weight loss for people to pay you, for you to be successful. Mm. So I'm a very coachable person. So I said, okay, well, if that's what I got to do, that's what I'm going to do. And I did that for a couple of months and I was starting to get traction. I was starting to get clients. But what I realized as I was working with these clients is that I didn't actually care about their weight loss. They would come to me and they would tell me I've lost two pounds this week or I've lost three pounds. And for me, what I wanted to know is, okay, how do you feel? How's your mindset when you're eating? Do you feel good? Do you feel happy? Do you feel relaxed? Or are you super anxious? And are you, is this sustainable? Mm -hmm. For me, it was, 
I don't care about, I never, ever posted a before and after pictures of my clients because that's not actually what matters. It's what's going on on the inside, right? If you lost a hundred pounds, but you did it by hating yourself, by restricting yourself, by not going out to the restaurant and by isolating yourself and eating every single meal at home. And all you're eating is chicken breast and broccoli. I don't care because what happens when you're no longer able to sustain that? Cause no human being, no matter what kind of willpower you have can sustain that long-term. Mm-hmm. So I realized, and I, I, I think that I didn't realize how much my struggle with my relationship with food changed me until I started working with these clients and I started seeing myself in them. And I progressively realized this feels really icky to, to sell weight loss, to promote weight loss at all costs. And so I started moving away from that. And then when I actually got super clear on who I wanted to help, it was just, it felt like alignment. I would talk to these clients and it was exactly the kind of people I wanted to help that I knew I could help. And the transformations that they were getting were mind-blowing because they were aligned. They knew what they were going into. I knew I was offering and it kind of all just clicked from there. And that's the beautiful thing when it does click because, you know, I know so many people that have gone through like weight loss surgery or have lost a lot of weight from like working out, eating healthy, um, healthy, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, but the mindset is so key in that because they still feel like they did when they were maybe overweight or just Mm -hmm. not the weight they wanted, but it's so much of the mindset too, because body image issues, how we see ourselves like that is so impactful on the human mind. And just even growing up in the cheerleading gymnastics world, seeing it on the other side as well of girls that I knew that went into treatment centers and things along those lines because of what they're eating because they didn't feel good from the inside out. And I think that's where it starts because you could be stick thin, but so unhealthy on the inside and vice versa. Like, so Mm -hmm. it really doesn't like play that, that part is so key of understanding how we view ourselves. And so I love that you really focus on the mind body connection and starting to see the results from your clients of how they feel and how like you starting to see your clients, like yourself and your clients, what was that experience like for you? Oh, it's, I've been doing this for a while now and it never gets old. I mean, I, I have a group coaching program and the amount of times where people talk and I'm just on the verge of tears, no matter what, because I mean, like I said, it never gets old because I know what that freedom feels like. And I always tell my clients how you feel right now, being able to eat without guilt and feel relaxed, um, that kind of exhilaration and that kind of peace, mm-hmm. it never goes away because here I am years later after having, you know, tackled my own food issues and I'm still wake up so thankful that I'm not where I was anymore. And so for me to see my clients literally telling me that their lives are changing, that their relationships are improving, their relationships with their husbands, that they're finally being a good role model of what a healthy relationship with their food, with their bodies, like what a positive body image role model is for their kids. Um, it's, I, 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 I will get paid one penny just to be able to have that kind of impact. It's, it's, it's really just the most fulfilling work. 
Oh, and I hear it in your voice. I just like see you like light up talking mm-hmm. about it too. And, you know, it has an indirect effect on everyone around that person too, because they're seeing this person happy. They're like not feeling that guilt. They're not talking about it because a lot of times, especially psychologically, kids can get affected of their hearing a parent or somebody around them saying, oh, I, I look a certain way or just really like putting themselves down. But when they start changing that narrative, that thought process of how they're, what they're saying to themselves, but then what they say out loud too, because that has such a direct impact on children and being able to create such a healthy relationship with food for themselves, but also for their kids, because kids are always watching. So I love yeah. that, that you're saying that. What were you going to say? Well, it's, that's exactly, it is most of my clients. The reason why they developed that kind of relationship with their bodies and with food is because of how they grew up. Mm -hmm. It's, it's during those formative years between zero and like 12, that your core beliefs around food and your body get formed and you can try to dismantle that, but those are going to be so deep in your subconscious. And so if you grew up with the belief that your mom always was trying to shrink her body, then you develop that belief that a bigger body means a bad body, that you cannot possibly be in a bigger body and be confident or be healthy, which is the furthest thing from the truth. And so it is so important during those formative years when your core beliefs around the world are being formed that you have positive ones that empower you to love yourself or at least accept and appreciate those things that your body can do and and know that food is not the enemy, that you can still have a piece of cake and be healthy. That's so crucial. I'm just like feeling into it all. (laughs) So I would love for you because I know you've had a lot of success with your clients, but if there's a recent client success story, I'm sure people would love to hear just something that really stands out to you recently. Yeah. Um, oh, which one do I choose? (laughs) So many Um, to choose from. (laughs) So I did have, I did have this one client who, um, when she enrolled in my group coaching program, she was very, very hesitant as most, most of them are because there's so much fear there. They have tried and failed so many diets in the past that they just believe that there's no hope, right? I will never be able to eat normally again. I will never be able to not binge or to not emotionally eat. Um, There's something broken with me. And so for her, it was, what if I spend all this money and I fail yet again? But the thing about that fear is what you know for sure, if you stop trying, is that you're never going to change. So why don't you try to do something completely different from something you've, all those things that you've done, this is going to be completely out of left field. Um, So through the fear, she enrolled in the program anyway. She felt the fear and did it anyways. And um, she went through a lot while in the program. She, Mm -hmm. um, her then husband blindsided her and they got separated throughout the program. She had two young girls um, and then she lost her job also throughout her program. And so during three months of us working together, she went through all of that. And what's incredible is anyone could look at that and think this is the worst time to be doing a program right now. This is the, I don't have the time. I don't have the mental energy. I'm falling apart, which is what most people would do. Mm -hmm. And what she did is she really took all of the teachings that she learned in the program, because as you said, like 
it's mindset. 90, 90% of my program is about managing your mind, managing your emotions, having coping mechanisms. Um, yes, it's about food, but all of my clients say what you learn in this program, you apply to everything in your life. And so she sent me a message at the end of the program. And she said, if it wasn't for this program, I would have fallen apart and the lives of my girls, she had two girls would have fallen apart too. And she was able to completely get rid of the food guilt and the anxiety. I mean, she used to not be able to sit on the couch watching a movie with her two girls because in her mind, she would think I need to be burning calories right now. So she would just walk around the house and um, she had so much anxiety and guilt every time she ate something, quote unquote, unhealthy that she never had those fun activities with her girls where she would go and have ice cream with them or go to the restaurant because for her, there was so much fear around eating. And so within the span of the program, she managed to rediscover her own self-love and her own confidence so much that she, I coached her through how to show up for an interview and she got a new job throughout the program. Um, she picked herself back up. She became a really amazing role model for her two girls. And so that right there was, it was so fulfilling to see because her life could have gone in two completely direct, completely different directions. And she decided to do the work and to it's not easy to do the work. It's not easy to be strong in those moments and to decide that I'm going to take that path and I'm going to learn from this. And she did. And it was really, really incredible. Oh, I just like feeling that story. It's so crazy how like it, it's so much more than like a lot of programs out there or whatnot. It's the go into the program thing, it's one thing and it becomes so many other things because of who's behind the program, like yourself, like being able to really dive into the mindset. And it wasn't just helping with her relationship with food, but her relationship with everything, essentially, like getting the job, being able to pick herself back up and really enjoying that time with her girls, because you can never get that time back, especially when they're so little, because they grow so fast, just like seeing my niece grow so fast and like other kids that I know. And it's just, it's so imperative, like those milestones and like being able to have that. So thank you for sharing that beautiful success story. And I'm sure Mm -hmm. there's so many more. So I'm glad you chose that one. (laughs) You can see more on her website, I'm sure. But with that being said, what are two or three tips that you could give somebody who is starting on the journey of being a health coach that you wish you would have known in the beginning? Oh boy, great question. I would say number one is get some kind of mentorship, get some Mm -hmm. kind of support coaching because there's so much to learn and you could try to do it on your own, but you're going to waste at least one to two years trying to do it on your own Mm -hmm. and instead invest that money, get a coach, get a program, get a mentor and cut that time in half or even more and save your I mean, I've invested thousands and thousands of dollars on programs and mentorship, and I don't plan on stopping anytime soon um, because it's okay to not know how to do something. It's okay to be a beginner and to need to learn. So I would say, and it's funny that you say that because one of my best friends called me yesterday and and wants to start a business and asked me the same thing, like, where do I start? And, And that's what I said. And I mean, I wish that I could mentor him, but doing that on top of running my own business, 
a little bit too much, but find someone who knows more than you learn from them and make sure that it's someone that aligns with your values. Like I said, when I first had my first coach, it didn't necessarily align with my values and, and it helped me get clear on what my values were, but make sure that you're creating your own business, that you're not creating someone else's. Mm. Oh, that was powerful. And it's so true. I, I think too, going back to the value piece, it really is what aligns. Like I know I've had coaches in the past, but it's like continuing to find the right one. I would always say this, even like in therapy, finding the right therapist, finding the right coach, whatever it is, it doesn't mean that there's something wrong with either one of you. It's more, it's just not the right fit. And that's absolutely okay. But to your point too, it's what aligns with you. That's going to make sense for you. So that's a fantastic tip. Thank you for sharing that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So we're going to jump into the rapid fire questions if you're ready for them. Yeah, I I don't remember what they are, but I'll go for it. <laughs> perfect, perfect. <laughs> Who is your hero? Oh, um, my dad. Yeah, and why your dad? He, uh, we were a family of five, five kids. Um, my mom didn't work; she worked from home, so he was the sole provider for our family. And so he, his work ethic, his discipline was incredible. He was up at 5 a.m. every morning, would still wake up, work out, um, head to work, come home, and then would work all night. And so he sacrificed everything for us to play sports and, and go to good schools and do activities and be happy and travel. So he, he definitely instilled that kind of discipline and that kind of, um, work ethic in me for sure. I believe that. And speaking of work ethic, what motivates you to work smarter? Um, I want to have more time freedom. I'm still working on working smarter because right now I would say I'm still working a little bit too much on the hard side. Um, Mm -hmm. but I want to have more freedom, more freedom to spend time with my family, with my friends, and just to take care of myself. Well, I appreciate your transparency (laughs) because a lot of people might say, oh yeah, no, I got the time freedom, but it takes time. It takes time to build something amazing and you know, it's step-by-step and Mm -hmm. I think that's important to recognize. So if you were a superhero, what would be your power or powers? Um, I would like to, um, what is it called when you go from one place to another? Very teleport? Yes, I would like to teleport because um, I love traveling so much. So I think that would be fun to be able to teleport just for a couple of hours. I think that would be mine. That, that's a good one. That's definitely on my top list. Yeah. <laughs> Save some time too, you know? Exactly. <laughs> no airport security, nothing. <laughs> Waiting on the tarmac. <laughs> um, so if you could share a meal with any four individuals, living or dead, who would they be? Oh, boy. That is a real four individuals I have to think of. Yeah. Oh my. <laughs> Living or dead. Um I really think Bill Gates is just mm. an incredibly smart guy. I think that I would learn a lot, a lot from Bill Gates. Um oh boy. I think I could probably only come up with like two on the okay. top of go um, for two. <laughs> Maybe some boy. This is a really hard one. Maybe one of the Beatles. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Um 
Yeah, I think that's that's a hard question, but that's, those are going to be my answers. Okay, I'll take them. Yeah. <laughs> those are good answers. Yeah. What is the most daring thing you've ever done? Start my business. Yeah, um, definitely the riskiest and least prepared thing I've ever done. And uh, obviously the most rewarding as well, but starting mm-hmm. my business. It is a very daring thing. Mm-hmm. Not everyone can do it. No. <laughs> People are capable, but not everyone will do it. No, um, exactly. <laughs> what is the phone app that you use the most? Um, does mess like the text message app count? That can count. Yeah, it's an probably app. the yeah probably the text messaging app. Is it the WhatsApp app or the just like regular? Just that like messages? iMessage. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. And what is the last book that you've read or listened to? Um. Right now I am reading, what am I reading? So I'm actually, I'm really into audiobooks lately, but I'm listening. So I'm actually right now, I'm listening to The Power of Now. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. I tried to read it a couple of weeks, a couple of months ago and I never got into it. And people told me you have to be at the right place in your, in your life to be able to listen to it or to read it. And so I was like, you know what? I think I'm ready. So yeah, I'm about halfway through Power of Now. Uh-huh. Well, you have to let us know what you think at the end. Yeah. <laughs> it's a powerful book. Yeah, I've heard. <laughs> so if you were to have a movie about your life thus far, who would play you? Um, I love Blake Lively. I would love, she's, she's not a brunette. She can dye her hair from yeah. the movie. Yeah, she um, <laughs> I just love her. I think she's so elegant. She's so, she's funny. She's smart she's hardworking, and I mean her husband is also just hilarious I love them together so I I would say Blake Lively yeah he's pretty incredible and she's yeah. phenomenal as an actress and yeah. person, it seems like not that I know her personally <laughs> um so if you were to think of your favorite family recipe if you have one whether it's traditional or you just love making it together as a family if you have one um favorite family recipe my mom makes a really great um like general tau chicken mm. from home um but my mom's an amazing cook so there's so many things that she makes that are just absolutely delicious but like that's the first thing that come came up to my mind I also love making homemade pizzas it's not a family recipe but that's pizza is at the top of my list pizza's so good especially homemade so good. oh, oh so good yeah like I eat pizza almost every day <laughs> <laughs> oh if I'm being real um <clears throat> so if you were to be an animal describe yourself as an animal personality type style what animal would you be um probably a probably a golden retriever like I have a lot of energy um <laughs> I love being outside. I love being active. Um, and golden retrievers are just like, they're so great. So probably a golden retriever. Yes. And they're very kind. They're very kind yeah. <laughs> as well. Um, so if you have a day off, you're not seeing clients, you're not working super hard. What is your favorite way to spend that day off? Um, something with friends and preferably outside. So whether that's going for a hike, um, you know, going out for food on a nice patio outside. I live in Montreal. There's always so many events to do. Mm-hmm. Um, or like going to some kind of music festival. I love live music. So 
anything that is outside. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's something about nature. It does something to the soul. Mm-hmm. It truly does. Yeah. So what is something an outsider wouldn't know about your industry? Um, that it's very toxic. <laughs> uh, I, whenever I talk to anyone about food and, and health, they always are so mind blown and shocked by some of the things I tell them about diet culture, because it is so mm-hmm. normalized for people to diet, for people to shame themselves, for people to be afraid of eating. So I would say that it is a lot more toxic than we know. And these companies in the diet industry know what they're doing. They don't have their customers best interests at heart. I truly believe that it's a money making business that is built on making people feel worse about themselves so that they invest more money into weight loss pills and and meal plans and diets that don't work. And that 95% of diets also don't work in the long term. So I would say that it's a little bleak, but it's true. Well, we like Blake. We like being mm-hmm. Blake Blunt and everything. Mm-hmm. People need to know. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much, Sabrina, for just coming on here, sharing your story, the ups, downs, everything in between. But before I let you go, where can people find you, hire you? We'll link everything below. But if you could let us know too. Yeah. So if they want to check out my website, sabrinamangon.com. And if they wanted to have like a quick discovery call with me to talk through their own food struggles, understand what path they can take moving forward to start healing the relationship with food. If they struggle with binging, emotional eating, yo-yo dieting, food guilt, um, they can book a free 30 minute discovery call with me personally. At the time that this is recorded. They can talk to me personally. Maybe in the future, I'll be with someone on my team, but they can talk with me personally at sabrinamangal.com forward slash call. Perfect. Well, thank you again, Sabrina. I know I thoroughly enjoyed the conversation and just hearing all the ups and downs that you've had, but how you're really helping people create a better relationship with food, because I think that's really what it's about, the mind-body connection. Um, So make sure to like, subscribe, comment below. What was the biggest takeaway from Sabrina? I'm sure she would love to see your comment as well. And thank you again for being on here. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. And we'll see you on the next video.